to me, care is a very, although it's four-letter word, but it's a very big, big word. And it's got lots of meaning. Because to me, care is caring is love. Loving others even more than you love yourself. Loving people. Loving your surroundings. Loving your where you live, loving your garden, your plants. It's about being attentive to others or to things, to animals as, as well, because animals are important. You care for a child from its born until it reaches the age of responsibility. And that is a big, big care. And you watch them grow up. You try not to spoil them because you want them to be a responsible child. So you got to be very strict but love at the same time. Love is caring. Okay? To me, love stretches from here to yonder. I can't comprehend the word of love. Love is laughter. Ho is <laughs> over and over. <laughs> v is <laughs> vehemently kind. <laughs> and he is everlasting love. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. And if we have that kind of love in us, it will make us strong. And people will see love in us. And if they don't know what love is, they will learn from us. Word association. Mm -hmm. First words. Independent. Courage. Bravery. Brave heart. Film. Visual. Looking glass, sand, desert, empty, half full, half full, half full, manifest, ex nihilo, out of nothing. I don't know what that word means, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with nothing and I'm gonna say something. <laughs> Brain Neuron Metaphysics Memory Time Hippocampus Biology Chemistry Education Structure I think that's a good that's, that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting place we've, we've got to yeah. from independent to structure Yeah and a lot of things in between A lot of things in between <laughs> I've got another what word What's that word? 
independent no, to but, structure. No, but the, the one in the middle. Oh, uh, Ex Nihilo? Yeah, what was, what, what, where did you get that from? What? I've never heard that in my life. It's, I think it's Latin for, like, out of nothing. Okay, so, Latin, of course. Wow, out yeah. of Latin, of course. Yes, of course, Latin. We okay. love a bit of Latin. From philosophy? Philosophy. Somewhere? Philo- yeah, some, somewhere in philosophy. Somewhere in the philosophy books. I say it again one more time. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo. Nihilo. Ex nihilo. That sounds like, mm. a, like a name. Yeah. Nihilo. Ex nihilo. Quite a cool name. It's really good. I'm going to remember that. Learn a new thing every day. Literally. So, I'm going to do another <laughs> word, yeah? Another word. Cool. Do you want to start off? Cool. Um, the word is spell out. Broken. Record. Vinyl. Audio. Experience. Sensory. Physical. Sensation. Experience. Interconnection. Web. Chain. Metal. Shine. Fluorescent. Crystal. Healing. Spirituality. Metaphysical. Beneath. Under. (laughs) (laughs) Subterranean. Aviation. Flying. Freedom. Expansion. Expansion. Ooh, did I lose? (laughs) (laughs) Do I lose? I don't know if you lose. It's an interesting place. I don't think winning or losing. It's not winning or losing, it's just an interesting little... It's cool to see where... I mean, that was sellout to... Expansion. Expansion, yeah. I think we all won there. Yes, we all won. You can never lose in the word association. One more word. You want to start us off? Yeah. What is it? Limitless. Okay. Limitless. Boundary. Exploration. Space. Frontier. Galaxies. Never ending. Eternal. Infinity. Microcosm. Butterfly effect. Revolving doors. Choice. Split reality theory. Parallel universe. Freedom. Interdimensional travel. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Tardis. Tardis. <laughs> Science. Understanding. Lecture. Listening. 
receiving. Take it. Giving. Growing. Benevolent. Responsive. Interesting. I think we've got some interesting points. Nice. Mm. Wow, you guys really took that off on a yeah, galactic. That... <laughs> <laughs> I kept coming back. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> like, sure Experience. <laughs> there's a there's some points here. Yeah. Um, I got Tardis in there somewhere. Tardis. Doctor Who. Tardis. Yeah, I don't know. No. Interdimensional travel was just on my mind. Mm. I couldn't. Imagine I couldn't shake it. Couldn't shake it. That's why I had to get the Tardis in there, man. Mm. Then interdimensional travel. You got to get Doctor Who together. Gotta get those companions, as they say. So, I'm uh, gonna start with our first topic. So, um, gonna ask the question, gonna put it out there, whoever wants to ask it first. Um, what is your connection to the arts? Like, how did you end up here in this room today in terms of like your art, your journey through the arts? Summarised, of course. Summarised, of course. Yeah, <clears throat> summarised. Um, well, I, so I would describe myself as a um, scriptwriter, mm-hmm. like creative facilitator. Oh, first of all, can we get your name? Oh, yeah. Do your names? Yeah. yeah, of course. Can we get your name? I mean, you said my name. Yeah. My name's Katie. Hello, Katie. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for, for having me here in the purple room, just to give a bit of setting. Yeah, we're more than happy to have you here in the Albany, Thank in the purple you. room. Great. With myself, Farouk, <laughs> and my friend over there, in the Barney. Yeah, yeah. Or also known as Jonathan. Also known as Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Lovely. Jonathan um, slash Indy, we're listening. So how did you make it through to the arts? How your journey here today? Yeah, so I... Well, so I'm a um, scriptwriter, facilit- like creative facilitator and a musician. Mm-hmm. And I guess I got here through kind of mixture of growing up in quite a, like... I guess artistic family. My dad's an actor, so I grew up seeing him mainly in like quite a lot of musical theatre. I'm not gonna lie, that's not my main interest right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it was it was kind of amazing, I guess, as a kid to see the kind of power of theatre. Any standout shows your dad was in that you remember? Oh my, I mean, you just wouldn't <laughs> you just wouldn't have ever heard of this. But there's the one called Me and My Girl, which oh, is yeah, like yeah, do you know. I thought I'd have heard something like that. It's, and it was all set in London in like the 20s, I want to say. And it was kind of all like the Lambeth Walk. and I don't know, it was like a very kind of like, yeah, based in London. Cool. And I just learned every single word, like the whole dialogue, the songs, everything. Mm. So that was kind of in, yeah, and I'm one of four siblings and we all do quite creative things. Like my younger sister, I sing with her and she's also a facilitator, so... I work kind of closely with... Is that the one we met um, yeah. the other day? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, people think we're twins. Yeah. Exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, so yeah, and then I studied English. Anyway, I've got to keep this summarised, but I studied English and philosophy. And then, and then I sort of was just... I just became really interested in, I guess, the power of language. Mm. And so I began sort of script writing, and I've, I've had a few plays that have been put on. Um, but but then from that I kind of it sounds really weird but I didn't I, f- I felt like there's a side of theatre that 
is quite exclusive or doesn't sort of work. I just realised my interest really was like working with people or understanding the nature of what participatory work could be. And so I began being involved in some projects with a theatre company called Tangled Feet, who make really, yeah, really incredible, quite radical, quite just really interesting, careful like work. And I I began doing some workshops with them, and gradually became aware. No, no. Oh, bit of technical difficulties there. Um, we've technical got one there. How does that sound? That sound. How is that Ooh. coming through? <laughs> well, the we can hear it. We've definitely got the Beatles sound pumping, like got pumping little, into the room here. Like we've got a little <laughs> soundtrack. It's definitely present. Okay. Now, it's very interesting. <laughs> Shall we carry on? I, I do really love the Beatles, so it's alright. But what do you think? So you think it's okay? Yeah. Yeah. You, you're getting the voices clearly enough over but for context we are right next to the market <laughs> yeah and someone outside decided to um just just slap on the beatles, the beatles. Yeah. yeah what's the song the song is um can't actually work out what one it is if, if you know no. if you know somewhere in the audience listening somewhere you're <laughs> gonna put a comment down there yeah let us know i think okay, it's to stop i think it's just stopped so that was a nice little might be another one though. Anyway, Might yeah. Be another one. That was a nice little breakdown. Yeah. So we was at. Sorry, yeah. So we were. So basically, I, I kind of became a facilitator without realizing that that's what I was being, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I would be in spaces sort of supporting the process of, of making a show or maybe, yeah, working sort of like with a group of, of like kids we were working with. Um, and I sort of began realizing, firstly, the the power of like what it what it can feel like to like work on a clear process with a group of people, and how sort of like well how transformative that can be. Um, I think real change happens when you work with people, like when you when there is a relationship between well people in the group or kind of form a different kind of creative relationship with each other, even if they knew each other before. And then you also form those kind of bonds and relationships with people in that space. And it's really like sort of generative. It's really like, I really actually stay quite away from the word healing. So I feel like healing has become a word that people use. It's like, I don't know, for me, I do actually think creativity can be healing in so many mm-hmm. different ways yeah. and yeah I guess I started working on quite a lot of projects and I just saw the, the sort of potential and, and, the, and the power of, of, of what it the impact it can have I guess um, on just giving people sort of creative autonomy and the, the, the sort of capacity to be really imaginative and to you know, whatever that process is. So you might be like, one time I worked on a project and we ended up like building this sort of feast at the end of it. So like everyone, so there was like this sort of sharing of food and stories and poems and like also making a lot of artwork and it all fed into the same thing. So I guess my interest has become very much about 
um, attuning, that's one of my favourite words, attunement, mm. but like attuning into what, how the power of sort of interdisciplinary work. So like, yeah, you, like some people in the room might have more of an interest in, in words, other people might, it might be movement, it might be kind of, you know, it can be obviously just so many different things. Mm. And when you, when you have that all in the space together, and then you have the, the sort of time, mm. like time and space is carved out to create something. There's just, there's just nothing like it. And so I... Unlimited possibilities. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's really, I feel like it's always really hard to describe to people what I do within, I feel like maybe you both like know, yeah. understand mm. that sort of potential of it. But for other people, they're, they're kind of like, oh, you work in, you know, community arts. And it's just mm. like how... Like it's not given that much. Yeah, it's not given that much value in our Mm. society, Mm -hmm. and that to me is just crazy. Like when when if you think about community engagement within theatres, it's always this like a lot of the time it's changing, but it was always this sort of separate department that was, you know, something that was wasn't seen as like as high value as like the other art that was Mm. being created. So I guess another interest of mine is like how you bring as a facilitator and a writer I guess how I bring in equal amounts of thinking about it as art and the the aesthetic value of that mm. and making sure that the needs and the experience of participants that you're working with you know that those things like meet together and they mm. merge together um, in yeah and so a lot of that comes down to like taking risks I guess like you take creative and personal risks and you also want to ensure that everyone you're working with is feeling, you know, again, it's the tension of, like, safe and supportive, but also that they're exploring things they've, they've not explored yeah, in their course, yeah. lives maybe before, or if you're working with much elderly people, as we'll talk about in a bit, mm. but or even if you're working with, like, early years, like, that's, that's like, one of the, I mean, arguably the most important time of your yeah, life. So huge responsibility as well. Yeah, completely. People. I've obviously gone off on like loads of tangents, but yeah, essentially the 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 practice is trying to bring together a lot of my sort of yeah script writing and mm. musicianship sort of I want skills I don't know like areas of my brain to mm. enter sort of creative and critical facilitation work, which mm. is like yeah also coming out a lot in um I'm doing a MA in applied theatre at Goldsmiths, mm-hmm. yeah. which I've I've come to quite late, but I think I I was doing so much of this work, and then I realised I wanted to like understand. I wanted to sort of consolidate a lot of the learning mm-hmm. practically and experientially I that I had already been doing, mm-hmm. and I wanted to like have a sort of foundation to it, or or yeah, and and already yeah. actually all of the reading and thinking that I've been doing from like. I mean, I've already like mentioned through your work and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Through, but also thinking about the different mod, you know, the social psychology and also the mm. the artistic practice. You know, there's so it just the inter the interconnection of it all is just for me so interesting within arts, within health, within social care, within mm. yeah, 100%. yeah, rather than like just thinking about theatre. You know, if people just go and see a play on their own and then they just like I don't know leave and 
they're not, you know, they just see it as kind of entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. For yeah. me, that's not, that's not what theatre means yeah. to me. I yeah. sort of want to... I guess that, that gives me, like, two kind of questions. Like, one, what would you hope a performance, an experience of art um, leads to for the for the watcher, for the listener. So if some, if I went to watch a theatre performance, as opposed to just enjoying it and leaving, what would you hope that does? Um, yeah, go with that mm. one first. Yeah, I, well, I would hope it... Firstly, that you would go, even before it starts, you would go with a kind of really open mind and a curiosity mm. to, to learn something or understand something that you might not have before. And then depending on what the, ever the, you know, what the topic of the show is about, you would leave with a sense of, like, sort of, uh, like, reflective, you know, uh, learning and, and maybe sort of carrying on these, like, threads of conversation that might then take you, you know, you never know, like, you might meet someone the next day that you would end up telling them about that play yeah, and then they would go and share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, often the ripple effect of how art impacts us mm. is something I don't think we fully like explore, uh, explore enough. Mm. And so, yeah. yeah, I'd say like having curiosity, having awareness, having, yeah, a, a willingness to kind of reflect. Cause, and often like you might reflect on your own life and your, the way that you might make assumptions and judgments. And mm. yeah, I, 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 think, I think being open to all those things, but also, being entertained as well and, and seeing the like joy and the hope mm. um, and the sort of like love and that, that is also present in, within art because it should have that, it should have a hopeful mm. um, message like held within words that you would also hope would provoke and <clears throat> kind of question. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Mm. Just for it, like, so, for example, I saw a show the other day. It was called um, For Black Boys Who Have Considered Committing Suicide When the Hue Gets Heavy. And it was a show that like, talked about the stories of young black people from um, London and around London and how like, their upbringing has affected them to become a certain way and how they have to um, kind of like travel through the world that they live in today and how the society is and the government is and I loved it, I thought it was a colourful play, loud play, um, great stories in there but like in my mind it made me reflect on my life and how maybe there's certain things that they didn't touch on that I think would have been important and would have been very impactful for that show so it's almost like I've seen that now, as an artist or as a writer or facilitator or as a theatre person, I can now take that idea that they have, add that to the force I have in my mind already yeah. and build on it and make it something bigger. Mm-hmm. So when the next person sees it, they also can be like, actually, there's just something a bit missing for me. Yeah. And they can carry on adding it. And it just goes around some kind of like um, circle of life, should yeah, I yeah, say, yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> so yeah, we have to react. I think, I think theatre is really good especially theatre that is made for the cause of causing some kind of thought or mm-hmm. reflection is really good for people to be able to just 
understand that they're not the only person in the world that is feeling these kind of emotions or can relate to these stories and they can build on them and tell people other stories that relate that maybe they couldn't have tapped into if they never saw that and didn't tap um, put on a light in their head for them to say oh yeah this is something I've experienced or something like that yeah. that makes sense yeah completely and actually that sort of like the, the again possibility or potential of theatre or art to be like a container for stories that then people would come and, and, and maybe not have a lived experience of the of a story that they're then watching mm. and what that means to kind of like uh, embed that story or like hold it and look at it and think about it and like mm. want to then share it with someone else you know I think that's that's so important and actually a, a word that comes to mind is like scaffolding which is used a lot in facilitation work but in within, I guess within theatre as well, like the idea that what you were just explaining about seeing, seeing a story and seeing the structure of it, or like seeing a play, and then almost if you see it as like scaffold, like what it's kind of supporting, and then it can have so many other possibilities and ideas that might you might take some of that and mm-hmm. you start building your own scaffold. You know, I just mm-hmm. I, I really love that sort of vision, I guess, of of like, yeah. The building blocks. Yeah, inspiring yeah. exploration of new work. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking in my head of um, what you mentioned, you mentioned a show there uh, for Black Boys, but I was, I was thinking of a show a while ago, you might have watched it, Barbershop Chronicles. I heard of it, I've never got a chance to see it. And um, like I watched it a couple of years ago, I think I watched it when they did the first run. Um, I went with Roisin and that mm-hmm. as well and one thing that I remember I think that play did was I definitely saw a lot of people going to watch that play that I don't usually see in theatre mm-hmm. and I think it was impactful in that way in the way of like people were going like I talked to my barber about theatre we've done we've talked about that for years mm-hmm. but just in general, the conversation that was happening was like, yo, this is a play that we can relate to. People are going to the theatre that had never been. So I, I was also wondering off of what you're talking about there as well. Is there a piece of art? It could be a theatre show, music. Is there a piece of art that you can think of that has had an impact that has made you change or do something in your life? That's a wow, good that is a good question. It's mm. a big one. It could be something on a micro scale, but it could be like a big change as well. Um, is that an open question? That is an open question, mm. yeah. I'm going to have to um, I don't know. Think. Something... I don't know, it's very simplistic. Mm. But um, growing up, um, I've always wanted to be like a musician, isn't it? Mm. Isn't it? I've always wanted to be a musician. <laughs> And um, along the way, like I was proper shy, like I, 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 I ripped music, I didn't really show it to people, but like I was watching artists, like certain UK artists, and like this artist was making music for maybe a year, two years, and they would blow up. And another artist was making music for like a year, two years, and they would blow up, and I was just like, well, like, if these guys can do it, like, I can do it. Then I remember being in my first, like, theatre professional production of Sounds Like Chaos, and that was like, Phenomenal beginner's guide to love and physics, and I sang this song called Share. So, obviously, it's my own experience, but being able to like sing a song like Share in front of like 
random people, audiences that I've never met before, and seeing other people just on YouTube doing their thing, I was just like, you know what, like, I have now got the confidence to do my own music and be able to take it forward and show it to people and be confident that like, this is what I do. Mm. Yeah, mm. literally. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's so linked to like a personal, such a personal experience and journey. Then like, um, I mean, that question is really, it's really hard. I maybe there's like to be honest, there's so many different forms. Like I was actually just thinking about a, actually a physical dance company called Gecko who do like a lot of incredible work, and they. Because, I mean, I know I've obviously mentioned that I'm a scriptwriter and I obviously like love language, but actually sometimes when you see something, it doesn't. It might come from an original story mm. full of words, but then the interpretation of it is through movement mm. how, and, and music. How and 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 the sort of impact that has on you, like emotionally and just you know how much that stays with you. So I saw something actually. Yeah, one of their shows in Edinburgh, like well, maybe like 10 years ago, and it was called The Overcoat, and it was taken from this kind of Russian, really short, Russian short story. Mm. And I just remember it being like the most devastatingly beautiful piece of theatre, because it was always about this, there's always like a, a hero that you're sort of rooting for, mm. and you're thinking about, and, and because there were just no words, but you saw his pain, and it, you, you were just like, on board, basically, no, from I, the beginning. I, I, I fully understand you on that. Yeah. Sorry to cut you short, but I went to um, a theatre festival in Belgium one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and cool. I, I think they were speaking Dutch or, so, or whatever language they speak. And I think there was a few different languages they spoke at the festival. But, like, watching shows that, like, you, like there was language in it, mm. but because I couldn't understand the language, all I could get was the movement and the music and being able to follow it through and understand the story just was like it really inspired me to know that yeah like there's some great performances out there and it's not always about what you're hearing mm. it's about how it's being delivered and Definitely. like the emotion that's being pulled through movement and music and sure. not, you're not just understanding what people are saying but understand how people are feeling in the moment yeah. as the moment's happening and, and also that's so linked to like another word that I love is like like dialogic, which basically means, as in, like that's just di as in it's just di it's just dialogue. So I think about that a lot in like facilitation work. But actually, even within theatre, like how how much that doesn't necessarily have to be like in a shared language that two people might know. That could also be communication in yeah in in something you might think you don't understand. Like we did a really interesting sort of experiment I guess in a few weeks ago on the course that I'm doing mm -hmm. the applied theatre one in which I'm sort of in a cohort of people who lots of people speak lots of different languages like, mm. and so we had turns at people leading exercises or explaining things in, in their language mm -hmm. and it's just it was so incredible how much you sort of take on from movement <clears throat> and, and also how much stuff even I'm doing it now is like non-verbal communication like it's mm. not just through like yeah the, the word the spoken word on its own there's mm. so many other yeah, the variables eyes, the yeah. eyes say something and the hands and you can be saying something but I can move my hand in a direction which the people listening can't see but yeah. I can move my hand in a direction and you're like wait actually said that but it can move that way so Definitely. actually what you're saying is kind of in the middle yeah yeah <laughs> it's, true. it's true it's true but then 
yeah, but then I just actually also thought when you asked the question before was something that had an impact on you. Mm. And I realised that if, I, if it wasn't for my English teacher at secondary school, mm. I wouldn't have had the love or interest for theatre. Because obviously I know I had like growing mm. up musical theatre, but that wasn't, mm. you know. So my, I, I remember him so clearly. Mm. He's called Mr Godoski, and he took us all to see this play called The Pillow Man, which is like... I know the pillow man. Yeah. Which oh is, my gosh, which that is, is a dark play. A really dark play. I know that play. play. Oh my god. Really dark. Sorry, play. I love it, but it's, it's really dark. It's amazing. Yeah. So we went. It's like maybe we were like in year eleven. I can't remember. It's like GCSE, and he took just a group of us. But he only took the group of us who might have been interested, mm. and it was at the national. And I honestly, my mind was just. I was like, Are you kidding me? Like this is. That is a scary. This is <laughs> this is like what theatre could yeah. be like, and it's the first time I'd ever. Because I, I was also really young, so I was just like, what? Mm. And, um, so and then I... Musical theatre experience before that. Oh, God, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> really coming up way too much. That's just yeah. not a part of my practice. Sorry, Dad. But, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and I remember coming out of The Pillow Man and just thinking about, yeah, again, the, like, the capacity of like language, where, where it can take you, and also just story, like the depth of a story and character. And then my teacher, he, he was like then talking to us all about it afterwards. And obviously I just had like a million questions. I just wanted to talk about it for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And he, so we were all in this group. And all these people then who had come out of the show gradually kind of listening in on our mm-hmm. conversation. Because I think, again, going back to that dialogic word, like the fact that between teacher and students, we were then reflecting on the play mm. in such a for me at least was such a like interesting way and that began my yeah probably like inquiry into like what, what is theater, what is what, what could this can be and, yeah what could this be like mm, and what can it mean for you and stuff like that exactly like, of course yeah, of course. yeah. could you just tell us um explain a little bit about where the poem came from or what? Uh, well, it was really, it, it, the first verse sort of explains, okay. in a way, I, it was my response to, to uh, my vicar's comments in mm. church, and I called it park work. My vicar speaks on Sunday of a planet fair and green, of crops and food for everyone. That, unlike what's often seen, I come away so sober I want a cup of tea I can't stop thinking universe what does this mean for me shall I invest in politics and write to my MP she's got to make things legal and leave my conscience free I cannot sit and mull it instead I take a walk <coughs> sorry um the local park is nearest, I'll meet someone and talk. But then I find a black bag and pickers for the take. I spend an hour with litter, it's for the planet's sake. I haven't delved in politics nor put the law to rout, but picked up all the fag ends this world can do without. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Because it just, you know, it, it's true. I've done yeah. this. I go down to the park quite often. He's got the pickers out at weekends. 
looking for volunteers to go on a litter hunt. And it is when you get down to the fag end, especially around the benches. And you, and it, the whole idea is, it's a book my sister's given me, mm. says um, how to save your planet one object at a time. And it was the idea of going you know, further to go into politics and get the MP to do something or get the law. There's certain things, though, isn't it? I guess it's the personal and the political where it's things that we can um, fight for, and especially with environmental concerns. Like, this is a time when the pressure needs to be on, but it comes also down to people meeting in the park and picking up litter together and, and seeing how other people care. Yeah. I think when we learn, when we see how each other care about things, yeah. we change our behaviour. And That's it. Um, but I really, I love your poem. <laughs> <laughs> when fun, did you write it? That must have been Everyone knows we had massive lockdowns last year, world changing events, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as such, a lot of artistic practice was kind of rocked, was shifted, and also the work that you do in, I guess, participatory arts and with Meet Me was also rocked and shaped. Um, So I guess my question on that is like, how did you make work during that time? And how did you adapt in your role at Meet Me as well? So, what, in my personal Personally, and also, I guess, with Meet Me and Ubbly Connect as well. Mm, Yeah, well, so I was working a bit, well, yeah, for everyone, I think everyone was like, suddenly this idea of like community or working with people or sharing spaces was just like eroded from our all our lives Mm. and that was I think yeah was like really shocking and really Mm. difficult to to sort of grasp firstly what was going on and also being filled with fear about yeah this this sort of thing that just like suddenly stopped all our lives Mm. our creative lives Mm. and we had to kind of, I guess, kind of navigate or negotiate a new relationship to, to what being creative could be. So in my personal work, I just got on with like research and I was writing a new play. So I would, and I guess music stuff, you can do a lot of that can be quite like on your own, independent, but still really hard because a lot of that you need community. You know, that is something I think I said at the beginning, like I think change and shifts happen when you work with people and that happens in your yeah personal creative practice as well but with meet me I am so I'd actually met a few of them and worked with them on a show with Tangled Feet actually two years ago and it was a show called Half Life that was on here at the Albany and that it was an intergenerational play so I hadn't really understood and now intergenerational learning and practice is something I'm interested in more than anything else because it's that sort of capacity of like learning whether you're working with like a group of 10 year olds or a group of 80 year olds Mm. that what they can learn from each other and the sort of like the listening Mm. and the understanding that happens throughout Mm. ages is yeah pretty extraordinary to to kind of watch unfold um but so that play was all about um it was actually all about I suppose wisdom and yeah. a kind of wisdom that you might have as a child or as, as someone who's like lived their whole life and seen so many different things and changes throughout that time. Mm-hmm. But so I got to know a few members of, of Meet Me then mm-hmm. and I as a 
yeah, freelance facilitator came in and started work. I worked on some kind of projects and workshops, but then during lockdown, um, had conversations um, with Sarah and then also with David, the gardener here, and then Sophie who came on board, mm. and kind of began as so meet me obviously for the the thing that is so incredible about it is that it represents a space, a supportive community space for for kind of older residents, I guess, who live around in this area. Mm. And seeing, like, every Tuesday, just the kind of main space, the main cafe, like, foyer area, mm. be full of, like, sounds and laughter and people sharing that. Mm. I know that for, for a lot of the members to not have that anymore was a huge... was, like, yeah was unimaginable for so many of them because I think I think I took for granted that I had my family I had a network but for lots of meet me members like that was such an important network and then they were a lot of the times kind of isolated in the houses yeah. on their own um, so yeah Albany Connects basically came out of this idea of um, kind of exchanging or being quite practical with delivering materials um, so Meet Me had a lot of clusters going on which were um, obviously because people couldn't be here in person and that was understood that that would be the, that way for quite a few months yeah it was also accepting right we kept yeah. having to like adjust and re-accept like, and be I like think it's going to happen for a month mm, no this six is months six, a year, yeah. year. Mm. Which, second lockdown rest of our lives exactly yeah. rest of our lives exactly so that's <laughs> to feel like that so and you start feeling then kind of what's the point and you're despondent and 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 that particularly for something like Meet Me, you know, I think and they've just done such an incredible job of like realising the, the the power of these clusters. So like it would be basically people because because there's also a barrier with using technology in, in lots of different ways and what you have access to. And so um, yeah, a lot of members would be part of maybe a poetry cluster or a making group or maybe sometimes knitting or yeah. reading together or sometimes just catching up or mm. sharing stories. So there'd be loads of different um, things that they could take part in. Mm. Um, and what I started doing with Albany Connects was actually with my sister, Georgia. We'd cycle to see people individually and literally kind of on their doorstep, like deliver... Sometimes it would be seeds from the garden, it would be, um, like, um, I don't know, like, no books. the um, fruit and veg? The fruit and veg. The fruit and veg. We didn't deliver that, no. Oh. That might have been... So what seeds were you delivering? Roses? Oh, what, like plants. Yeah. Like, oh, kind of different okay. plants, like sunflower sure. seeds, yeah. like flowers, yeah. And, and actually, then they started growing, so whilst mm. we... So we would visit and then we would keep coming back mm -hmm. a few times and see yeah, the growth of the kind of plants that were happening. And, yeah. and so at the same time, the, the doorstep space, I guess, became this area where, again, like there was a sharing of communication and stories and it's mm. just, it, it was such an organic um, process that kind of evolved through like a bond being formed between us and whoever we went to visit. I mean, I could tell you like so many stories from people that we that you know mm. we went to to visit and and you kind of ask one thing and then it would open up a whole 
memory from their life or maybe they'd share some poetry that they'd written or they'd talk about they talk about what creativity means to them and what isolation means to them and, and often our conversations would kind of come back to that how are you looking after yourself how are you caring for yourself mm. and and it became clear that you know like from a, a from a conversation mm. and someone like checking in and exchanging thoughts and stories and like kind of seeds and poetry and words there's just well yeah again it comes back to that thing of like that's where the change happens and the shift happens and what the impact that can have on your day like if I spent a day cycling around kind of doing the Albany Connects mm. project at the end of that day I just would kind of I would be so full of these like experiences and these moments and these bonds that were forged and mm -hmm. And yeah, and, we, and then we took that into the Festival of Radical Care mm -hmm. like a few weeks ago. I don't know if you saw the kind of portraits of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of yeah, some people. They look really cool. Actually. I like the one, was it in, uh, what's in the Gilly? In the Gilly, yeah, Africa, oh, yeah. Nigerian, Africa. I don't know if it was Nigerian, but that like African girl. Yeah. Oh, so it had yeah. the headscarf and, uh, yeah, and also yeah. Kerbin's one with the, the medals. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And Philip on his doorstep. Yeah, lovely yeah. Yeah, it's true. And just, that's the thing, there's such, um, I guess the wider picture is like, as a society, I, f I feel like, again, like radical care or radical kindness, that doesn't exist with, because we're like so obsessed with this sort of period of our lives when we can be as productive as possible and mm. do all these things. The early years and then the kind of elderly years get almost seen as not as important mm -hmm. and I think what lockdown or that kind of period of time obviously is going to be ongoing for mm -hmm. in ways we don't quite know yet mm -hmm. showed that there were whilst there were so many groups of people that were clearly forgotten like you know I, I have to bring in like politics I'm mm -hmm. very political and when there is an injustice it I, ca I cannot stop thinking about it and so the care home scandal that happened was like just so unbelievably shocking because it confirmed a worry that I had which was that the government or there were a group of people in power who don't think elderly people matter as much that's literally what it, it felt like to yeah, me. So but, they, but they know that it matters a lot when it comes to election time yeah, they yeah. Were, exactly. they, they always appeal, they try to appeal to the elderly at election time and then... And then they're kind of completely forgotten And about. they're kind of forgotten. And, and with young people, at least they sometimes don't lie to us in mm. the beginning and give us this false hope, but they always try to say something for the elderly people to get the votes. Yeah. And yeah, like the government showed that they weren't really, didn't care what happened in care homes. Yeah. You know, but, but they didn't they didn't provide the necessary equipment, people were ill in care homes and everybody in the care home would get ill. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. It was, it was a, like a scandal, it was mm. a complete scandal. And so in a way it fell to, as it always does, it fell to kind of incredible arts organisations, charities, um, social care, people who are not valued enough in mm. our society to go out and, and kind of, support and, and be there for these kind of groups of people who were experiencing severe isolation and loneliness mm. um, and I guess so with, with something like Meet Me 
like their strength in the work that they do lies in like yeah supporting elderly people to to re-access their creativity because I think we all know that when you can experience again like healing through being creative or you're or you're heard, or you're seen, or you're listened to through, through that experience. Mm-hmm. That's where um, positive change can happen. Like that, you're you, you want to kind of get up that day, and you want to do you know you want to do things as opposed to feeling despondent and mm-hmm. forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't know. Obviously, is... I've got political there. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing changes. Yeah, politics. <laughs> Because they're all, they all feed into each other. Politics, social, well, yeah. health, maybe, environment, Maybe it's politics for, for getting involved in life. Well, it's funny that like, um, the most socially driven and community-driven people are almost kind of like pushed to the side. And mm-hmm. when like community and socialism, I don't know if the right word is socialism because I know these terms have like a lot of things that are tied into them, but like social people and community-driven people are just mm-hmm. like almost they're given a thumbs up and they're kind of like just looked over and like there's the people in like businesses and mm. um, higher up places that are considered people of value. Because they're creating the most amount of wealth for, yeah. that's how we, we literally, GDP exists for a reason, even in school we talk about it because it's, it's like the amount of money that we are generating as more a society. Than, more than even the money it is our output. Yeah. It literally measures our outputs, like how much are we putting out into the economy, that is what's measured mm. in pounds. Um, and like even like when I studied economics and stuff, we would always look at um, you know, gross national profit, this kind of thing. Yeah. There was always the happiness index, and we were taught about it in school. We were also taught that like, oh yeah, and by the way, it's just, there's a happiness index, but no one cares about it. It's useless. Yes. It exists. We don't know how to apply it or embed it into Mm. our lives. And that's why that idea of like the care or the art of kindness, if that, instead of seeing it as like, oh, just something that might come out in a nice conversation with someone. Imagine Mm. if we like really brought that into our systemic structures. You know, you have to always go back to the root of where the, the issue is. And often it's way way down the kind of pyramid it's right at the bottom it's like what happens when we're first born or we're like we come into the society it's like that's where the, the change should should happen basically um and actually just another thing i was thinking within the idea of value that i find i found hard in theater when people talk about like oh you work in i don't know community theater as opposed to like sort of West End uh, Theatre and how the idea of working with groups, I don't know, even that word like marginalised theatre, it's like, oh what, so that doesn't have value, what does that even mean? Like, mm. that, that, that doesn't equate to like, yeah, uh, the sort of artistic value of, of something. Yeah, a show yeah. is a show is a show, isn't it? Like, and I've got, yeah. I've got a lot more value and like, and reflective bones from seeing like community um, driven plays rather than like Western. Western plays are just like, oh yeah, it was fun. And then like, I see it and I've forgotten about it tomorrow. Mm. But most of the plays that I've seen that are made by a community or, yeah. an, or an amateur theatre company or just a small company, they always come with impactful work that make you just want to mm-hmm. 
change something about yourself or change something about your environment or yeah. just carry on. That, and that's so true. It's the idea of like you, you then want to change something. Mm. And that if theatre can do that, you know, and I was thinking about your, obviously your incredible play, Dirt, and the fact that I wish that, like, yeah, people higher up, I wish that some people who were heading up to COP the next day were coming to see yeah. that, right? And seeing actually how the impact of climate breakdown, what that is actually having within individual communities. Because, again, it's this, like, sort of hierarchy. And, like, when you're right at the top, it's like you're not really thinking about what, what's, what's happening. What's happening. Well, not even the bottom, like, but just, like, to zoom out and see mm. the kind of the personal stuff. detail and, and stories within this bigger message, which is what I thought the play achieved in such a, yeah, sort of mm. incredible, interesting, hopeful way. I think um, us as humans, we all have, like, a, ta- a certain type of tunnel vision. Mm. And I don't mean, like, oh, like, that's what I want, so I have tunnel vision for that, but, like, just in terms of, like, our day-to-day lives, the people we come across, the places we come across, mm. and the conversations we have, that is almost like the tunnel that we live in and that we're going down. Sometimes we can take a right or a left, but most of the time our tunnels are tunnel. And I think that somehow it needs to change and like people need to be able to be in contact or socialise with people that are at the top and at the bottom or in the middle and just everyone's interacting with each other so information from the top is at the bottom and information from the bottom is at the top and yeah. there's always some kind of revolving happening rather than just what happens there there what stays what happens at the top stays at the top yeah. what happens in the middle stays in the middle what happens at the bottom stays at the bottom if that makes sense yeah completely so it's like it's integrated and it's yeah. like because like for example is, yeah. you said a lot of people that came to see SLC's SLC's um, dirt um, play of dirt. A lot of people know each other. They're like from friends of friends or companies that have worked with before. Of course, family members and maybe some other people that came through that we might not know. But those networks are networks that like we have already, and we were already friends with them. And we could have, they could have easily been involved in the play or in the conversation that we have already. Mm-hmm. So how do we get these small shows, these community-driven plays, to the bigger places for people who? are not thinking the way everyone in this side of society or this side of theatre place are thinking, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 completely. I mean, that's that's the... Yeah, that's the big question. <laughs> like, how you expand art to being... something that people... Like... Well, I think people do already take it really seriously, but, like, how that's kind of shared or like how, how that message is then spread out because mm. yeah m- my fear is like the people who have all the power mm. in a terrifying way don't they just don't care they don't mm. care about like all of these things we've been talking about today mm-hmm. I really don't think they do and mm. that is yeah like something we should all be really worried about Definitely. <laughs> which well, should make us do what we're doing you know, feel even more important, maybe. 100%, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess, yeah, when when no one cares, what is what is it that motivates you to keep creating? When no one is listening, when you're alone, uh, what keeps you, what gives you the drive to keep on creating? To... When they feel like no one's listening to the message. Yeah. 
Well, I, don't, I mean, I think for me, I feel like people are always listening. Whether it's the audience you want, or the audience you're given, or the audience that you get, there's always at least one person that will feel something and react in some kind of way. And you may never actually see what that person does in reaction to the work that you put up, but there's always a one person who's doing something which ignites another flame somewhere else, which ignites another flame somewhere else. And you might never see it, you might end up being 50 or 60. And seeing something happening, you're like, oh, that's amazing stuff, I wish that was on. 30 years ago when I was doing that, but you don't even know you were the catalyst for that piece of work to happen. And that's why the arts is beautiful and amazing because people see things, you might not even have a conversation with them after, but it goes somewhere. Yeah. It, I think the word is inception, you put an idea in someone's head and it builds and it grows. And, and that's what the art is beautiful for, like seeing a painting and then thinking about it and somehow it grows into something else. It's almost like mm. putting seeds into people's heads yeah. yeah, actually, that is exactly a th- like a one of the theories of like seed beds of creativity. So like a lot of the time, well, firstly, like in relation to your question, like we we just have to look back in history and see people who kept trying to bring forward a message using art as a tool, mm. and probably the majority of the time were not heard or that message wasn't didn't seem like it was taken or listened to and there was always a kind of a barrier um, or like a fight to be had. But I think that's also where art exists, right? It exists within tension so much of the time or within these like edges or boundaries of our of our like inner worlds, our communities, our kind of the, the, the bigger societies. It's always at these these edges where you can keep trying to push something and that's that's where you know like a, a tiny moment or like a seed can be sort of planted and there's also you know the idea of empathy or like the sort of the capacity for empathy within within art mm. like has far more reach than I think we give it mm. than, than I think we know at the time mm. and exactly that's what you were just saying like one moment or one feeling might stay with you and that might then lead you to do something in your life slightly differently or try and like you know I think it should be equal in terms of like we should keep the fight I I feel like we're going to be fighting just always for things that we want to see changing but also at the same time to hold yeah understanding and and kindness and care and have have those sort of things like in equal weight mm. and and just believe that that change will happen I guess mm. even when it feels like yeah I guess um, <laughs> yeah for me I would say like even listening to like some of the stuff we've spoken about today I would say a lot of the impact for me personally comes from the making of the art mm. um, and so in that way, sometimes it doesn't even matter <laughs> who's listening. I've made so much music that is just for me. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just, I've made so much music that is just for me and I'll never put it out, then that's fine. Not every single, you know, it was just because in that moment I needed to make something based on how I was feeling. Um, expression. Expression. Uh, 
sometimes, I guess, helping me come to terms with how I'm feeling or express how I'm feeling. Um, and yeah, that's usually like, for me, that's usually a solitary or uh, quite a lonely exercise. It usually happens when I'm alone. When then I'm like, especially with, like, so I do make music, I produce music, also record like my voice and stuff. But especially with like producing, it's like, just creating like an entire soundscape based on how I feel. Um, yeah, which I think is, is really valuable. Because so it's valuable to your sort of mm -hmm. personal inquiry, I guess, into your work, but also just you as yourself and your growth mm -hmm. and your way of seeing the world and way of responding to it and interpreting it. Mm -hmm. And, and I, again, I don't think we give as much value as we should to our own personal sort of artistic journeys because mm -hmm. we're always like so much emphasis is put on like the outcome or validation or, or things being external mm -hmm. but actually the power to kind of go oh wow I've said power so many times today yeah. but clearly it's a big word for me yeah. but <laughs> to go within and mm -hmm. to just like be sort of not in silence but like hold all of these processes you yeah. know and and relationships to, to creativity and what that means personally for you because mm -hmm. then if you it's, it also comes to like a lot of it comes to self-care right like if you're centered in in yourself and you see the value of like creative expression and stuff that you might not end up sharing with anyone but you've just gone through a really personally validating like restorative reflective process yourself mm. like that means that you're you're then going to be able to go out there and work with people or maybe yeah. write you know and be a kind of be more in tune with, with, yourself. with yourself and be mm. able to then be in another space and, and that will be what you're giving out does that make yeah, sense yeah, yeah 100% yeah I feel that because even in terms of like putting on a play you might put on a very personal play to you and like people might not get a lot out of it, but even just you as an artist being able to express yourself and show people, mm. it might help you be able to move on from that thing. And now I've become this new thing because I've shown people this thing that it's not a secret or it's not this or it's not that it's expression. And I think that's what us as human beings are like very blessed to be being able to do as artists as well. Mm. And I think you said the word validation, and I think like. It's, it, it's such a hard thing to try and pick apart because as an artist, a lot of artists, there's a lot of artists in the world and we don't, like in terms of like money, like money makes the world go around and we don't get bundles of money, let's say compared to like a, someone who works in a bank or a lawyer or a TV person also an artist but yeah you see where I'm going and like that validation is key at times but at the same time you need to be able to validate yourself your own work and know that regardless of whether I show this to anyone or no one like I have created this and this is part of me and I'm just happy to be able to have done this because that should be enough to a certain extent but yeah validation that word in the arts is a very important word I think because the most you get, you can't get a big payout, but the most you get is the people actually connecting with your work. Yeah. And that's what kind of validates you, like, yes, cool, I might not have be the richest, but the work I've done has been impactful in this type of way. Mm, definitely. So, and, and actually, 
the people connecting is so key because I sometimes I'm sure we all do like we all well, I occasionally lose sight and I'm like oh but I'm meant to be here or I'm meant to be further a lot you know like you create these sort of like um, I don't know like scales right in which to just like put yourself behind mm-hmm. and like and like who's to say yeah like a connection a project where like Albany connects where I was literally kind of having those conversations and connecting mm-hmm. you know that's there's you can't that's incomparable to then having a, a play on somewhere they're just they're different things and like they might connect or reach people in different ways but they shouldn't be ever compared and my I think like yeah something I do sometimes is compare different things I'm doing in my life which is like unhelpful actually yeah. all the time yeah. To, I keep trying to I keep reminding myself to just live in the moment yeah. enjoy what I'm doing and what, like just whatever it is enjoy it to the most I can try and be involved as much as I can yeah. whether it's small big it all adds to the puzzle yeah. and like um, I realise as well you know sometimes you just don't realise how important or how strong or how impactful or even just how self-gratifying something is mm. until you look back on it like a year or two later and I actually don't like I'm really happy I actually took the time out to do that rather than being somewhere all the way over here deep in something I don't really understand but I'm there because I feel like I need to be there exactly and that feeling will always catch up on you with you you know if you're like oh I should be here I should be there and it's like you're here you're where you are and Mm. you're exactly where you where you should be be. every every door you've walked through and every conversation you've had you are where you should be yeah (laughs) literally that's me yeah, I think that's been a very, very interesting conversation. Yeah, it has been. It, Thank definitely you. let Thank the you conversation both. lead. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely let the conversation lead. Very natural. Came to talk about isolation a bit. I feel like we talked more about why it's important to actually connect mm. with people, connecting with people and with ourselves through our art. Um, yeah, so maybe to close, we can just do like a a one tip, um, maybe a, a self-advice, which is like one way in which we can like connect with people when we don't feel like, or when we feel alone. One way in which we can connect. I think being honest mm. about a situation, I think this year for me, I've been through a lot mm. and I've realized like how earnest a conversation can be once you're honest about how you feel and who you are and that current situation mm. and I've since like being honest with people about who I am and how I feel in certain situations I've been able to have real conversations like, and I'm like wait I didn't even know you felt you thought like this or talked like this or could have spoken like this because I've never tried to have a conversation like this with you mm. so yeah just being honest about who you are how you feel in, in the moments that you're in with other people mm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take that one as well. <laughs> I'll agree. But I think, yeah, being honest and being your kind of authentic self because people will then respond to that, you know. Mm. And, and I think, like, if we sort of think just even in the, in the body, like, if when, you, when someone just knows that you're, like, listening to them, like, truly listening to them and asking two people ask like how are you today and that could be like anywhere in your day that could be like 
when you go to the shop, when you like see your neighbour, like I think that's what that Albany project's kind of showed me of like like just simply being like seeing someone and like just seeing how they're feeling mm. that day. Because then that kind of is being really honest and that is being truthful. Um but then I guess when you feel in connecting, I think mm. a lot of the times we forget to connect back to ourselves without mm. it sounding too like spiritual. But actually I say that, it's like, you know That's what? True. How how can we true. connect to other people unless we connect to ourselves? Yeah, yeah. So I often just like whether that you you know, you might like go for a run, you might do meditation, but I actually often find just like so simple, but just breathing, just taking mm. in like five deep breaths, but like in through the nose and then out through the mouth. Like that just brings you back if you feel like you're going off in loads of different directions, just breathing and just like grounding yourself. And that's, you know, within a minute you've reconnected. Mm. And I've personally found that really helpful in the last few years mm. to kind of think about my relationship to work, but my, all my interpersonal relationships, you know, it, it can impact everything, that really simple act. So. Mm. Yeah. And you, Mr. Jonathan? <laughs> Mr. Jonathan. Yeah, one way, one way to connect to people is start a podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, yeah, start a podcast. Start a podcast. Six, six. But yeah, a way to connect to people, I'm going to say to receive people uh, openly. Um, I think, like, naturally, you're obviously, you come across people day to day as well. But I think it's oftentimes your, how you receive them initially that dictates your whole interaction. So I think if you are, like, willing to receive people openly initially, um, listen to them, don't judge, just take it in. Yeah, I think that's a way in which... And I think that, that way it's very easy to find, like, I don't know, common ground or... Yeah. Yeah. So being... Okay. Yeah. Just so being open, open from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Looking past those stereotypes and that. Mm. Mm. Literally. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Not making assumptions. assumptions. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Try hard, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think all of those combined... We're sorted. Pretty, <laughs> pretty solid, huh? Yeah. Everyone takes a bit of that. So, coming towards the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. maybe you want to give a little bit of an introduction. Who are we? At the end. Yeah, right at the end. <laughs> right. um, maybe where you can be found. Oh, where I can be found. Just sort of around South East London a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so yeah, I'm Katie... Um, Duncan, I guess that's my surname. Um, uh, I actually, you know what, I really have to work on. I'm really anti-social media, mm-hmm. as in I just have never had it, and I should probably work on that, because literally people then can't... For some reason, I don't want to be anywhere online, which is, really, which is quite a mad thing. No, I you know what, that's understandable. understandable. Like, I have Not if I'm trying to, like, spread the... Yeah, you know, the show my work, but yeah. it's, it's something I need to definitely like reconsider but um but I do I mean I do have a, a website but yeah I've um I mean I work yes yeah, freelance facilitator so often around the Albany but 
also I work a lot with the Bush Theatre. Mm-hmm. I'm at Goldsmiths. You're on LinkedIn? Yeah, I am on I yeah, am on that actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so wow, send me a message. I know I sound so like from the seventies, like Mate, every there was single no LinkedIn in the seventies. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Imagine if I just didn't have actually I know some people that just don't have they just don't have Definitely. a phone. You not know, a phone? Yeah, not even a phone. Mate, off the so, grid. Do you know what? Off the grid. I'm not, there's a certain period of my life I want like that where I'm just no socials, no phone, I'm yeah. alive. I don't know where you are. My mum, she can see It sounds fun. It's true. It sounds I, fun, yeah. but like they ask your phone number or email for like everything. Like, I know, it? So yeah. that's kind of true, isn't it? It's just so tough to do. Like yeah. I, can, I can see you having it and never using it. But to not have one, oh. And also because that is that does come back to connection and work. Obviously, I want to work with people. I want to like mm-hmm. make work. Clearly, like yeah, I don't want to hide away. But it's true. Like going off grid. I also love the idea of that to like hide yeah. away for a bit and mm-hmm. write and be sort of not not as, with it, it distractions or disruptions. As, as a creative, I see myself as just a person who could literally go anywhere and get involved with whatever's happening there. Like it, like there's no. Force feels like I have to be here or there. Just be like, you know, I'm going to Peru and I'm enjoying whatever company I can that is arts related. And yeah. While I'm there and I'll work there. On that point, who are you? Yeah. Who am I? Who are you? I'm going to be in Peru. <laughs> How am I? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Farouk. I'm Farouk Adigan. Um, what do I do? I am a musician. I'm a facilitator. I'm officially the assistant director for Sounds Like Chaos. Um, and where you can find me? You can find me on the Sounds Like Chaos website. I'm there as one of the associate artists. I have some work on there, some spoken word stuff mm-hmm. and some poetry. Um, and yeah, that's me. That is me. And Mr. Sir, who are you? Yeah, Indy and Dubonne. Jonathan. 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 <laughs> Winston Kingston. <laughs> yeah, I'm a few people, uh, but always myself. Come on. Jeez. Um, like can that, be yeah. found online, yeah. Uh, indie yeah. underscore Max. When you're weary, feeling small, when, when tears are in your eyes. I will dry them all, I'm on your side, oh, when times get rough, and friends just can't be found, like a bridge over troubled water, I will